0: Part of the appeal of that job is also just sort of inserting yourself into the Jeff Bezos orbit.
1: Welcome to the Powers That Be Daily, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm John Kelly, in for Peter Hamby. It's Monday, January 1st. Happy New Year, everyone. And today on a very special episode of Media Monday, I'm joined by my partner, Dylan Byers, where we will offer the first part in our special two-part prediction and analysis on some can't miss, almost inevitable media outcomes to come true in 2024. Dylan and I are going to discuss Sally Busby's tenure at the Washington Post and who might possibly be recruited to replace her. We'll also dig into a couple of deals percolating around Redbird Capital, the boutique private equity firm of the moment, Jeff Sooker's Telegraph Chase, and also the opportunity to buy the Topco of Paramount Global. That's national amusements for those not paying attention. We'll be discussing all this and more on today's episode of The Powers of the Beat. Welcome back to the Powers That Be Daily. It's Monday, January 1st. Happy New Year. Happy 2024. And welcome back to Media Monday. I'm John Kelly in the driver's seat again for Peter Hamby. And I'm with my partner, Dylan Byers. And we're going to do something a little bit different today and tomorrow, as a matter of fact. In this very special, attenuated Media Monday, we're going to list off three Absolute surefire. Can't miss. I think I'm cribbing the original Matt Bellany town locution here. Predictions that are sure to come true in our industry in 2024. Dylan, you still with me here?
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm ready. I'm primed.
1: So the rules of engagement here are simple. We're going to do number three and number two today. And we're going to unveil number one tomorrow on an unbelievably special, only because it's 2024 Media (laughs) Tuesday. After that point, we're going to give this thing back to Ben and Peter Hamby and, um, you know, go to our desert island and figure it out. But, Dylan... We were chatting before. I, I think you know what's coming here. My surefire prediction at number three, and I've actually given this a, a lot of thought over uh, the recent weeks and months, is that Jeff Bezos and Will Lewis are going to make a uh, change at the executive ranks of the washington post i think that that's almost preordained at this point i feel like this is um the clamor inside the building about sally busby's future is is becoming increasingly similar to the the chatter uh, in and around the, the washington commanders as josh harris takes over the team about replacing riverboat ron rivera i know people hate we make sports metaphors especially my pal jody but I think that Sally Busby is going to be replaced by Carolyn Ryan, actually, at the, the New York Times. This is a prediction. I'm not spouting insider information here. I think that there will be a change. I think that morale dictates one. I think that the reason to bring in a new CEO is to let them make a decision, and uh, a new CEO will will often make a leadership change on the other side of the aisle. And I, I imagine that the first place they'll look for contenders will be at the times where there are... Two people in a bake-off. Mark Lacey, who comes from the national side of the house, and Carolyn Ryan, who's uh, more of a a, a D.C. person. They're both in their... Late-ish fifties. I don't uh, don't at me anyone. There's something wrong with that. Um, Mike Green <laughs> made a comment during the NBA telecast about Doris Doris's age, and she made a Gloria Allred joke on national TV. That was probably uh, funny to some people and not to others. Uh, but I think that Carolyn is the one who will leave. I think that she's. We worked at the Boston Globe early in her career. Total gangster. Uh, unbelievably connected. Uh, has um, sort of you know Washington credibility, and I don't think that she has the sort of personality where she wants to just wait around forever to have a chance to take over the New York Times masthead. I think that she may be susceptible and, uh, and she'd also be choice one, one A, one B, etc. if they could get her I think that's the equivalent to um, the the Dallas Cowboys hiring Bill Belichick if they don't make the conference championship again. Nobody wants my sports takes here, but um, uh, I have a I have a spidey sense that um, that could happen as well. Dylan, what do you think about this? So, is going to
0: happen? Well, wait. So help me, help me. So I understand why it may, would make sense if, from where Will Lewis is sitting, and it, it seems like the logical choice. I think I mentioned this a week or so ago, but it is, it's is—it's sort of weird that of all the major news media organizations, the New York Times seems to like somehow now have a monopoly on success, and, and it does feel like if you were looking to poach anyone, you would go there, and if there's anyone whose influence and power in the organization um, sort of goes above and beyond what their title would suggest, it would probably be Carolyn. The thing I'm trying to figure out, just trying to get inside of Carolyn's head, is uh what is the what are the pros and cons here like yes you probably don't want to sit around and be number two forever and joe khan obviously just got
1: there on the and other he's hand he's also in his late 50s too don't forget so he will retire um uh, presumably unless he has his own sort of you know hal reigns uh snafu which seems almost impossible given he's such a steady um sort of non-controversial guy, but if he right. if he makes it into his, you know, does a five-year, six-year term and he's in his early 60s, only one of uh, Carolyn and Mark will get the job. The other one will be aged out. It will not be like when Jill and Dean were fighting to replace Bill Keller and they both had a chance to get um, right. a, a term because of the, uh, the age spread between them.
0: But so you, t- I mean, you tell me, like, would you would you would the incentive to go and here are the pros i see one obviously you're in charge you're running the show there's immense power and influence that comes with that also one thing i thought about a great deal um thinking about the uh the uh, ceo and publisher bake-off um Part of the appeal of that job is also just sort of inserting yourself into the Jeff Bezos orbit. I think I think that there's some power that totally. Comes from oh that my as God! Well.
1: Are you kidding? That's a reason one and one A to take it.
0: Yes, exactly. And so, but I guess what I wonder is, do do the cons like the the sort of inheriting a newsroom that has been so sort of depleted and has sort of spent? I guess what is it three? We're going on four years almost. Um, in this sort of malaise, and then also knowing that you will have to continue competing with your alma mater and that your alma mater is already leaps and bounds ahead of where you are. Is it enough? I don't know. I, I guess what I wonder is, like, is are the incentives strong enough there? And may, maybe I don't understand just um, how tempting and addictive total power can be. But I but I think you would have to weigh, weigh some pros and cons there, especially if you do think that you could get the New York Times job a few years down the line.
1: Well, I imagine that there are a couple of of really alluring factors here, and I'm not saying that she would take it, but I imagine one is that uh, the economic piece would be significant. They're going to bring somebody in here. They don't want to bring in uh, a second stringer, right? They want to bring in somebody who has... Extreme authority uh, gravitas and the ability to, to go into the newsroom and say, uh, as Mark Thompson once did, I'm in charge and uh, no more pouting and sulking. Um, and I think that I think Carol is high among that list. So I think I think the I think the money's is real. Um, I also think that this is an opportunity where the, the morale has submerged to such a place that um, if you were going to come in now, th- this would be a moment where you you, you almost have a, a blank slate and then you sort of see what happens in three or four years. Maybe this is, and I'm not trying to play Vulcan chess here, Dylan, but it's 2024. Um, Maybe she does such an, uh, she or whomever is picked, but in this case, Carolyn does such an extraordinary job that it opens up more possibilities than she could have ever imagined and and her contract is negotiated in such a way that she can do what she wants. But I have to tell you, I really think that the orthogonal thinking business person would say, hey, um, the chance to be in the world of jeff bezos vastly outweighs the chance to be in the world of the salzburgers and and that's no offense to to you know arthur who we um imagine maybe listening now but the um look what happened to fred ryan you know he he flatlined on the job and the guy's running his own institution now it's not a right. bad deal
0: yeah no i mean just <laughs> the bezos thing was funny because i remember again when i was covering the ceo thing There's sort of there were these different stages right there, are the stages in which you're you're just talking to Patty Stonecipher. And then and then there's the cut of about five or six candidates who gets to talk to Bezos by Zoom. And then there's the cut of the top two who actually get to go to Washington, D.C. and sit in his home. And it's just you, you feel that this sort of like that he is the flame to which everyone is trying to fly and that he 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 alone is sort of the incentive
1: for taking this job and that's exactly the sort of hypothesis that we expect on a prediction issue of Media Monday. And let's go quickly to a break and we'll come back with our number two prognostication in 2024. Welcome back. To Media Monday, Happy New Year. We're now at number two on our prediction list of uh, three absolute, must-happen, surefire, uh, almost inevitable media predictions of 2024. Dylan, I, I yield the floor to you. <laughs> All right, number two is a two-parter. And just because everything I do has to
0: somehow be tangentially related to CNN. I think in this year, I have two two questions I've been thinking about. One is, is Jeff Zucker actually going to get the telegraph? in the UK and then the sort of the second piece is is he also going to get Paramount by which I mean will will Redbird and Skydance get Paramount and will he be put in charge of it I think the my prediction for the first one is I actually I do think he is going to get the telegraph and I know that there are extraordinary headwinds and I, I actually think he's really sort of bungled his entry in into the UK in terms of of trying to assuage the concerns of of Fleet Street and all of the you know the sort of conservative ministers who uh, were were concerned about the the backing the financial backing from the, and the Gulf money, but I actually I think that if with some tweaks put in place and with some sort of assurances put in place. I think that golf money is being normalized in a very real way. and I think in the same way that there was a big aversion to sort of golf influence in you know in soccer f- 10 or 15 years ago, I think people get over that really quickly. Um, and I think that the case that he is going to make about being able to resuscitate the Telegraph and make it influential, not just in conservative politics in the UK, but also make it even more influential uh internationally and particularly in the United States is going to be is going to be a compelling one. And I think he's going to jump the regulatory hurdle there. The harder one for me to figure out, and I'd be interested to hear what you think about this, is will Redbird and Skydance also get paramount? And I think the big question there, of course, goes to what does Sherry want? And One of the, you know, as I listen, as you and I have talked about this, as Peter and I have talked about this, as Matt and you and Peter, as we've all been talking about this, I think one of the great questions has been, what does Sherry actually want and is it just if it's if it's just money, you can see how getting the the cash from Redbird and Sky Dance would be more compelling. But if there's more to it than that, and if she wants some sort of relevance or or, you know semblance of influence, is it more compelling to go with a partner like Warner Brothers Discovery? And I don't that that is one I don't have the answer for.
1: Well I don't have the answer either, but I'll pretend I do. I I think what Sherry wants Um, she will have to come to terms with not getting it. I I hypothesized last week that one of the reasons that we used to hear all the time about Arya Burkoff, who helped, you know, uh, advise Sherry, when she was merging CBS and Viacom together to create a company that's worth about, you know, 50% 50% of, of, of the, the peak value of those companies, or maybe, sorry, 30%, um, and more about Byron Trott now, is that there are new voices in her ear leveling with her that whatever her fantasy of true north was, she'll have to let go of. But I do agree with you that uh, the, the closest version of it is what is currently semi on the table in the form of the 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 zazz opening let's just call that who knows what those conversations are really like and who knows how far um they have to go to actually get to something that that seems like a a serious term sheet i really love the idea of zucker coming in to run paramount and i think a lot of people love it too but i just think that Jerry Cardinal and Redbird are financial buyers. I, I don't think that this deal and what they'd have to pay to get it, to control it and the liabilities they have to take on, I just don't think it makes it through the investment committee at Redbird, where you have to remember there are so many ways that firms like this have to make money. They don't have to do this deal. They, they do deals they wanna do, that's definitely true, but they don't need this. And I have to imagine that when this thing completely gets contemplated when when, when all the uh, analysts are, and associates are, 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 are up 72 hours straight to finally put together what this would look like. And, you know, uh, as they say in those rooms, what you need to believe. I think it's a big number. I think that uh, they've got a partner, so they don't have the control they want. And um, I agree with the first prediction here, which is that uh, Jeff Zucker is the chairman of the Telegraph and Spectator entity. Whether that's the deal that he truly wanted, or the best deal is on the table, I think only he and Allison Gallus know the answer to that. But my hunch is that um, uh, that's going to be their their big ticket media buy the first six months of 2024. Mm-hmm. See, the funny thing is, if he doesn't, if if that's
0: the deal he gets, and that's it, then <laughs> he'll probably be a lot more involved. <laughs> with running the sure. telegraph than he might otherwise have been if he if he had other
1: assets in the portfolio other meaningful assets in the portfolio and that's what his partners want him to do too that's why he's there uh, jill and yes. are we're gonna put a pin in it there we're gonna be back tomorrow with a special episode of media tuesday where we unveil our top prediction for the year i'll uh, i'll see you then buddy all right man
0: thanks so much for listening to another episode of the powers that be As a reminder, The Powers That Be is the official podcast of Puck. We'd like to thank Ben Landy, Liz Goff, and Alex Bigler for their editorial and production guidance. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend. It really helps us keep delivering the inside scoop that only Puck can offer. Follow us on Twitter at Puck News. I'm Ben Landy. See you tomorrow. This has been a presentation of Odyssey. Please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. The Powers that Be Daily is executive produced by John Kelly, co-founder of Puck, Bob Tabador, and Ben Landy, executive editor at Puck.